Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast where we look back on the cartoons, movies, TV shows, and whatnot of our youth to see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And this is Childhood Remastered. If you were a child of the 90s, I guarantee you played Mortal Kombat. The game was a cultural phenomenon. It was in every arcade, when there still were arcades, and often attracted a crowd whenever anyone was playing. But it was just as infamous as it was famous. The gory nature of the game and its signature fatalities caused parents, groups, and community leaders to condemn the game and, in part, led to the creation of the ESRB, which provides age ratings for video games. It's strange, then, that the creative team behind Mortal Kombat decided, just four years after the game's initial release, to develop a cartoon series based on the game franchise. The cartoon showcased fairly toned-down versions of some fan-favorite characters, as well as some new characters that had just debuted in the third installment of the game. And that show was called Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. Much has changed since the last Mortal Kombat tournament. Dark forces of Outworld have begun invading the Earth realm. These attacks are seriously weakening Earth's dimensional fabric, enabling not only Outworlders to enter the Earth realm, but warriors from other domains as well. Only the most extraordinary warriors could possibly meet this challenge. Liu Kang, Princess Kitana, Sub-Zero, Jax. Sonya Blade. Nightwolf. Kiva. Curtis Stryker. Driven by purpose and bound by honor, these are the Defenders of the Realm. Mortal Kombat, Defenders of the Realm. On the surface, you would think... How can you screw up Mortal Kombat? Well, I don't think that that's what I would have thought on the surface. Maybe that's what you would have thought on the surface, but I have a distinct memory of the movies. Yes. And of all of the extra little franchise goodies that they put out. Yeah. So I was not, uh, I did not go into this with high hopes. Yeah. Me, well, not... That's a lie. You came into this with high hopes. You were the one. Okay, so you suggested that we do the the uh, Chuck Norris Rambo uh, Mortal Kombat one. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I added the Chuck Norris one. But Rambo and this one were your requests particularly. So, so here's the thing. You had rem- some expectations. I remember this show. I watched this show. I want to say it was like a Sunday morning cartoon when I watched it, or at least that's how I watched it, it wasn't something that I watched with like a bunch of other cartoons. It was, God, I, I remember this show and I remember it being halfway decent. And I certainly don't remember there only being like 13 episodes or whatever there was. And I seem to remember more of it, but God, I must have just filled in the gaps with the rest of the Mortal Kombat mythos, I guess. I but think that's what happened. I definitely watched the show when I was a kid. Uh, it came out around the time I would have been 10, 11 years old. No, l- older than that, 13. right? 13 years old. So perfect age for me to uh, enjoy that particular franchise. 
And and I did. Man, I must not have been very. Uh, I must not have been very sophisticated. Sophisticated. Is you a were good a thirteen-year-old boy, so I don't know what level of sophistication you yeah. expected from yourself. But but I remember liking the show. Did you ever see this when you were? Younger? I had I had very vague like recollections of this. Very vague, and I did not remember much of any of it other than the sort of animation style that was used. Hmm. That was it. I remember the animation style. And that was about it. Okay. So what we're talking about, Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm, is an animated series based off the popular Mortal Kombat video game. And if you don't know what that is, I don't know what rock you lived under, but it must have been a pretty big, big rock. And this show aired September 21st through December 14th of 1996 for a total of 13 episodes. It aired back to back with the Street Fighter animated series on... USA Network's Action Extreme Team Animation Block. And the Street Fighter animated series, I believe, got two seasons and something like like 40 or 60 episodes, something like that. So maybe, maybe that's why I don't remember watching this with any like kind of regularity, because it was on USA, wasn't it? It was on it was mm-hmm. it was not on a normal like network channel. It was on a cable channel. So the Action Extreme team was the animation block that was part of the larger USA Cartoon Express block that ran from 82 to 96. And so th- this was the last year that they had this animation block. This this sort of programming block that they had had shows like Savage Dragon, Highlander, the animated series, Darkstalkers, Wing Commander Academy, Mighty Max, Sailor Moon, Street Sharks, Gargoyles. Those last couple were ones that were syndicated because they'd come other places first. Mm -hmm. So the animated series is basically an alternate sequel to the first Mortal Kombat movie and the events of Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Which is funny because they ignore Mortal Kombat 2 in this. Both the video game and the movie? Yeah, and they just jump right into it being an alternate to the movie, which is, uh, it's like a... It's just, it's very strange because the character designs are all Mortal Kombat 3. Mm -hmm. And that's because Mortal Kombat 3 came out a year before this in 95. Yeah, and Mortal Kombat 3 was the one that had, well, at the time, it had so many characters to choose from. What felt like so many. Yeah, so many. Because we weren't used to that back then. It's like you had eight characters and then Yeah, the first one, the first one was eight characters. The second one was, I want to say like 12 or, or 16. And by the third one, you had like 20 to choose from it was it was crazy and and they changed the design of all the characters i was i was actually a pretty big fan of mortal kombat the game i played it a lot i played uh up until ultimate mortal kombat 3 i played that in the arcades i even i want to say i played some mortal kombat 4 in the arcades that's when they started getting all cgi uh like like 3d modeling we can talk about some of that later i showed sean a little a little special nugget not technically part of what we're covering today but we'll we'll talk about it Mortal Kombat, this show was created, well, the show. And Mortal Kombat in general. And in general was created by Ed Boon and John Tobias and Midway Games and developed by Sean Catherine Derrick. So, you know, if if you aren't familiar with some of those people, um, John Boon, Edward John Boon, he is a, a video game programmer that worked at Midway for like 15 years. And he actually did... A lot of things. It wasn't just Mortal Kombat, um, but you know we don't. We're just talking about Mortal Kombat today. Yeah. So, and then the other one, John Tobias, also worked with Mortal Kombat for quite a while. Uh, quite a while. Quite a while. But he he did Smash TV 
the original Smash TV in 1990. Yeah, Midway was a big game producer in the like nine early early to mid 90s. They had a bunch of games that I remember, like NFL Blitz. I think was Midway. No, it wasn't. I just remember Midway a lot. Maybe it was just because I played Mortal Kombat a lot. I don't know. Uh, the executive producers for this show are Allison Savage, Phil Roman, Lawrence Kazanoff, and Anne D'Amato. And Lawrence Kazanoff, wasn't that the guy that did Food Fight? Uh, I believe it was. And that's why I wanted to mention Threshold Entertainment, which is the production company that worked on this, because they also did Food Fight. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know... What Food Fight is. Sean and I actually sat down and watched it together, what, about two or three years ago now? It's awful. It's been a while. It's the worst animated movie ever produced. It is incredible. You know what? Maybe we should just do like a special bonus on it. We can just... (laughs) So it's an animated movie that came out in 2012, but they worked on it. For like 10 years or something? 2002. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Charlie Sheen, Wayne Brady, Hilary Duff, Ava Longoria, Christopher Lloyd, Larry Miller. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's it's just a bunch of like rando characters from like food packages, like the Vlasic Pickle Stork and the the charlie tuna mr clean yeah yeah and the twinkie uh cowboy twinkie the kid yeah and and it's oh my god there's just if you want to watch arguably one of the worst movies ever animated go watch food fight yeah but we're not here to talk about food fight we are definitely here to talk about mortal kombat so yes correct Lawrence Kasanoff did work on Food Fight. Also, the producers for this show were Michael Gogwin, Susan Levin, and Joshua Wexler. Now, in addition to Threshold Entertainment, Film Roman also produced this. And they're best known for producing The Simpsons in the early days. 92, well, for most of the series, 92 mm-hmm. to 2016. All of King of the Hill, Family Guy, Garfield and Friends, Mighty Max, Mask. A bunch of stuff. And then New Line Television, which is a, an arm of New Line Cinema. The music, which I say, I would say that outside of the fatalities, I think that the music is probably one of the most iconic things from Mortal Kombat. Uh, the music was done by Jonathan David Sloat, who did the music for Mortal Kombat Conquest, the animated series, and the mu- music for the 1999 Beowulf film. And which I, I had never heard of. You know, when the, when the first movie came out, that was probably the first ex- real exposure that I had to like techno music, like electronic music. Oh, I had yeah. the I had the soundtrack to the first Mortal Kombat movie, and I I like broke the t- I broke. I thought that it was CD. so cool. Oh, I, I listened that. that I listened to that damn CD so much. Uh, but let's be real. When you hear that music, dun, 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 yeah, 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 you still are like, all right, I'm on board. Yeah, still, let's, let's go now. kick some ass. Yeah. Uh, so the show it it features. Like we said, it's it's show, it's it features characters mostly from Mortal Kombat three, but it doesn't feature all of them at once. It features like groups of them. So like every episode will have a, a new person that's introduced from the mythos, but they've got a core set of the the main, good guy good main guys. team. Yeah, and then you know along the way they might have Airmac that will show up or Rain that will show up or whoever. But we'll start with the leader, and that's Raiden, who is voiced by Clancy Brown. And I love Clancy Brown's Yeah, voice. we've talked about Clancy Brown a lot. He's the voice of Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. He's Captain Hadley in Shawshank Redemption. He's uh, Sergeant Zim in, Sar- in Starship Troopers. 
Kurgan in uh, Highlander. Kurgan. Kurgan. I love that uh, movie. He has a lot of roles in Gargoyles, and he has guest starring roles on shows like ER, Star Trek, Lost, and dozens on dozens of other shows. Isn't he also Lex Luthor from the animated uh, Superman show and like Justice League and whatever? I think he is. He probably is. I'm pretty sure he is. Well, something that I put in here that I thought was sort of interesting is that Clancy Brown, the voice of Raiden in this, is famous for playing Kurgan in Highlander, the movie, right? Mm -hmm. Starring Christopher Lambert. Mm -hmm. And Christopher Lambert played Raiden in the Mortal Kombat live-action movie. It's like six degrees of Christopher Lambert. I guess. Well, or, you know. be like one degree of Christopher Lambert. Well, he hasn't really done a whole lot, so. No. Now the next character is Liu Kang, and that character is voiced by Brian Tochi, who's best known as Toshiro Takashi from Revenge of the Nerds, and the voice of Leonardo in the first three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies. We've talked about him before. Mm -hmm. And Liu Kang is sort of the de facto group leader when Raiden's not around. Raiden just shows up and he tells people what to do and he never really fights. And Liu Kang seems to be the one who's like the battlefield commander, it, well, it's because, if you will. It's because in the mythos of, uh, of Mortal Kombat, at least the first couple of games, Liu Kang is the champion of Mortal Kombat. He's the ageless one. Um, he is like the most skilled warrior. So he sort of takes that de facto role as, as leader when... When Raiden's not there, and honestly, if I'm going to be honest, Luke Kang is a boring ass character. He is he is a he is a boring character. He was modeled after uh, he was modeled after Bruce Lee, the original character. Very was modeled vaguely, after yeah. Bruce Lee. I mean, you can tell by all of his uh, all of his uh, move sets and the sound effects during yeah, exactly. the game. Yeah, uh, but he is he's just a bland. Uh, he's a bland like Shaolin monk character. Not that a lot of the other characters have too too much going on like there are a lot of no, like you, ninja it's like you clones could pick and... up any bland monk character and drop him into that role and it would take over that for him you mm -hmm. know what i mean but he is he is the protagonist for most of the early uh most of the early mortal Kombat games as He's, well as the movies as, as well as the movies he sort of falls out of that role uh in the later games i want to say in like mortal Kombat deception or something I think they kill him off at some they point. do i mean he comes and then back, he comes back he comes or... back as a revenant Whatever. Yeah. yeah I don't know. The it's next too convoluted. The next character is Katana, who is played by Cree Summer. And we've talked about Cree Summer a lot. She is very prolific. Penny from Inspector Gadget, Amira from Tiny Toons, Susie from Rugrats, Princess uh, Kida from Al Atlantis, Maxine from Batman Beyond, and Winifred from A Different World. And she's done dozens and dozens of other things. She plays a sort of uh, influencing type uh, mentor character for Liu Kang in the show and also a, his lover also a love interest yeah it's it's weird and awkward to be honest yeah the next character is sub-zero who is voiced by luke perry of all of all people and who most notably played dylan mckay on beverly hills 90210 and now fred andrews on the cw series riverdale i want to say something about katana and sub-zero in terms of and i can get into this later because this is a problem i had with this show is the way that they voiced their characters it was almost like they were whispering the whole time you're all right. I was afraid fear is a far greater adversary than the one we are about to face. Makes them sound mysterious, Sean. Yeah, they're not. They're not mysterious. Like one's an ice ninja, and the other one is a is a is a magical. It's a woman in a bikini with a with, with fans, a, a fan who does yeah. fan dances. So, and and Sub Zero is probably, I would say Sub Zero was probably one of the most. Popular iconic. and iconic characters from Mortal Kombat. He is an ice ninja. It's like him and Scorpion are probably the two most iconic. Yeah, he's a cryomancer. He can make ice appear. And he is 
he is a very popular character and has gone through a bunch of different incarnations and iterations throughout, throughout yeah. the years. They'll kill off the character and it'll be an evil twin brother and yeah. it'll be yeah, it's a it's it's a lot of soap opery stuff. So mm-hmm. next character is Jax, who is voiced by Dorian Harewood, who is a famous actor who has actually been in Roots and Full Metal Jacket, as well as dozens of voice acting roles in, in things like Capital Critters, which we've talked about before but mm-hmm. never done. Biker Mice from Mars, Batman Beyond, and The Tick. The, char- and the character of Jax is a weird one. Because I was going to say... He was introduced in, in Mortal Kombat 2. Yeah. With, without the bionic arms. And then in the third one, they specifically said his arms were ripped off and replaced, right? Uh, they, they, I don't know if they said that they were ripped off. In the game, I think they said that he had replaced his arms with bionic ones to like be more powerful or something. Yeah, but I mean, they're gone. It's like gone, gone. But in this, they're like, I don't know, armor that he wears on his arms? I want to say that in, in other movies that incorporate Jax, I want to say maybe it was the second Mortal Kombat movie, he actually rips the the biotic things off his arms and he just has his normal fists or his normal arms again so maybe they were going off of that i i don't know yeah but, i don't know but Jax is Jax is like a partner of sonya uh they're both in like the military special forces or whatever the hell sonya's in and yeah he's he's a big dumb strong man for the most part and he's got bionic arms that shoot rockets and allow him to like shake the ground like a like a earthquake and yeah he's the strong man yeah, he's next a character is Sonya Blade, and in every iteration of Mortal Kombat, she is irritating as hell. Yeah, for me, she's irritating in the game. Mm-hmm. In the movie, the live action ones, she is super irritating, and in this show, super irritating. And then in the weird half CG, half animated thing I showed you that I shouldn't have, but did watch the entire thing, she is awful. Yeah, so go. I, I don't. So, I don't so understand is- what what is. She like worked for the CIA or something, she, right? She's like some kind of military specialist. And in the in the mythos of the game, um, a character that we don't see, or maybe we see a little bit later, of Kano. She and Kano have a uh, have a uh, like a hate relationship. I don't want to say it's a love hate relationship. It's a hate hate. Yeah, because yep. uh, Kano is the head of I think it's called the Black Dragon or something. He's it's a, a he's, crime organization. He's, yeah, he's the head of a crime. He's the head of a crime syndicate, and it's a crime syndicate that Sonya is looking to shut down. And I think Kano killed like her partner or something, and that's why they have bad blood. And she's so she's chasing him, and I think she chases him to the original Mortal Kombat tournament. Like that's why she goes to try and capture him. And then that just sets everything off, and she becomes a defender of the realm. Uh, she is played by Olivia Diabo, who is Karen Arnold from The Wonder Years and Princess Jenna from Conan the Destroyer. And she's had a bunch of other uh, voice acting roles on like series like Batman Beyond, Invader Zim, and Star Wars Clone Wars, as well as a bunch of other ones. Yeah. Now, Nightwolf is a character that I believe came out in the Mortal Kombat 3 game, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he was a... He's a Native American character with a wolf. In the in the show, he has a wolf. In the, in the game, he's got an ability where a ghost wolf comes out, if I remember right. I want to say And he that, shoots, like, ghost bows and stuff. Yeah, like, he has, like, he has a spirit, spirit bow arrows, and a yeah. spirit tomahawk and... He's so he's voiced by Todd Thawley, who has had roles in ER Roswell and Walker Texas Ranger, and, and his character in this is he's the he's the tech guy, which is the, so weird. It's so weird, but he's the tech guy, and he doesn't really get to fight or do much. And there's like one episode that I think we watched that he did, but he's kind of useless. Sub Zero does all the work anyway. Yeah, so. in in the show, in the show, his spirit powers are de- is, are derived from his wolf 
tr- like absorbing he absorbs his wolf for the time being which gives him powers and gives him his like war paint and then he's able to shoot like the spirit arrows and the and use this tomahawk and whatever but otherwise he is just their tech guy who like monitors everything from the base and uh, it's a, to me it's a waste of a character i don't it know why is. they used it's him it's kind but, of a waste but whatever uh the last character in the in the uh the team the defenders team is a person who should have been the tech guy because he is so stupid yeah it's the character of curtis striker who is played by ron perlman and ron perlman is probably he's arguably no not arguably he's the most famous person in this show except for maybe clancy brown maybe uh, or Cree, I don't know, Cree Summers and Luke Perry. It's maybe a toss-up in there somewhere. But I mean, I guess most most uh, commercially successful. Yeah, then. we've talked about Ron Perlman a lot because he's he's got a pretty extensive voice acting background. Mm-hmm. I mean, I when I hear Ron Perlman's voice for me, I immediately think of Fallout. Yep. And we've talked about that before. I cannot think War War Never Changes. Yep. I just can't. But he's done other stuff too, like he the has. live action Beauty and the Beast and. A Hellboy. I, I think that's what most people know him from. Exactly. So uh, there, there are villains that show up periodically. Well, before we this. get before we get to the villains, let's talk about Stryker as a character because Stryker is our Stryker in the in the in the in the game. Stryker is a character that I think they've been trying to. I think they tried to introduce earlier than he actually got introduced. He. I want. I think they wanted to put him in the first game instead of Sonya, but they thought they needed to like balance out the 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 roster, All male a little roster bit. with the female character. So they put like he was going to be in the first game as Curtis Stryker. I don't know if he was going to be a cop, but he was going to be in the first game and then I think they were going to put him in the second game well, but then in they... the in the third one if I'm remembering like within the story the mythos is like the worlds were combining from mm-hmm. uh between Earth and Outrealm in the Mortal Kombat franchise mm-hmm. and so the world was like going to shit and Stryker uh, he was like was a, a SWAT team. He's like a SWAT team, like badass cop, whatever. But all I could remember is that the animation, because if you don't know, the Mortal Kombat games were all motion capture, sort of, mm-hmm. but not motion capture. It was um, like they would record the people doing the moves and then record those, and each move set was was recorded and put into the game. Yeah, right. And so the person, whoever it was that they got to do striker, was this derpy looking dude, and he, if I remember right, I think he had like a gut. I can't. Or remember. maybe the shirt was just like super baggy, but I just remember thinking, um, he looks he looks like if my dad wanted to be cool. <laughs> Yeah, That's it, like the backwards hat and all that. Like if my dad wanted to try and be cool... Like when my dad was in his mid forties, that's what that's what Striker looked like. And in the game, it was really it was awkward. In the game, his move set was stuff like like he throwing had a, grenades, throwing like, grenades. He had a gun that he would use, and he also used his baton. He had like some like dash across the screen sweep move with his baton. It's actually kind of a cheap character to play with. Yeah, and it was it was uh, he was not a very popular character, which is why I wonder why they put him in the show. And they also made I think it's probably because they want... So this is what I was thinking. The show came out uh, less than a year after the the Mortal Kombat 3 game came out, mm-hmm. right? So the development for this must have started at least a couple months beforehand, right? Yeah. So that means that the game had probably only been out about six months. So reception for like what characters were popular or not probably hadn't... They probably didn't weren't fully aware, and Stryker was probably a character that they all were really passionate about. But what's crazy is they and made, so that's who they push. They made Stryker in the in the show 
like they made him annoying. They made him annoying and bossy and really kind of unlikable. I thought. Yeah. So he was unlikable. I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't get that. Now we were talking. You were, you started to talk about the villains. The villains are, they are like. So portals will. The storyline is this: portals open up, and then when a portal opens up, some bad guys will come out, and then they have to fight the bad guys. So mm-hmm. sometimes they're cyber ninjas. Sometimes they're. Like whatever Baraka was, the, the they are they're called the um, whatever they're they're the Freddy Krueger ripoffs. Yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna say. The Freddy Krueger ripoffs, and so they'll come through the portal, or it will be Scorpion and more Cyber Ninjas, or, or Scorpion and Undead Ninjas. Yeah, Undead Ninjas too. And so basically, what they do is they put characters. It's much. It's very much like Ninja Turtles, where. They went up against the robotic foot clan. So in a lot of these instances where they're fighting other characters, they're fighting cyber ninjas that there are no problems blowing up because they're just robots. They're fighting undead ninjas where they can just destroy them because they're already undead. And weird mutant looking monsters that you don't care if they die or not. So but that's even then, too. even then they never do anything that you think would put them into danger. They hardly ever use their like special abilities or their weapons. And when they do use it, it's really toned down so that it's, not something that you would think would be uh fatal like they don't use swords they don't use any kind of true weapon. i mean you'd see them like say break a neck like you there was an episode i saw them do that oh maybe they were maybe maybe they were trying to go for uh like i'm just choking them out but they're actually they actually yeah uh, well it's like you heard like the crack 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 so oh. i was like oh okay oh that guy's dead yeah i mean it's not like you care there's no real investment so they have this layer that is like in a mountain and to get to it you have to fly over the ocean down into uh an underwater cave and then and then up inside and they fly in these weird looking dragon plane things i think they're called dragon jets or something. dragon jet okay yeah, but, like, why? Why do they need to be these weird, awkward-looking dragon jets? Like, if you're designing a plane, you design it for function, not to look like a, a weird-looking dragon thing. Yeah, just right? like just like in Star Trek. If Star Trek was really a... a uh, if that was a real spaceship, it would not have a giant view screen. Probably not. And yeah. also, and also, all the ships in Star. Well, <laughs> no, they've got they've got uh, they've got warp uh, technology, and they've got um force fields so it's fine well i'm just saying like it's it's pointless because you have sensors but the yeah. the other thing is uh the thing in star trek that i always loved is that uh ships always meet face to face which wouldn't happen in 3d space right no of course not that'd be they, like one upside down one's the other way yeah the yeah. only the only time they ever addressed that was uh in star trek 2 the wrath of khan when they actually used 3d fighting <laughs> they came up from the, the bottom and they blew the shit out of the reliant yeah but like otherwise you didn't see it. Yeah. So I yeah, I don't know why they why they made these like weird derpy looking ships. You texted me, it's like, why is Scorpion's plane shaped like a scorpion? Yeah, so in one of the episodes And I was Scorp- like, I, I think I said like I don't know, reasons. Like yeah. I, I don't In in one of the episodes Oh no, I think I said because because it was the nineties, Sean. Yeah. That's that's really like any of our questions, why did they do this weird dumb thing? And the nineties will usually be a good answer. In one of the episodes, Scorpion is raising some army of the dead and he's fighting the uh the the mortal combat guys and they're all flying in their dragon ships and they're just the most ridiculous looking scorpion ships that are flying at them that have like a tail and claws 
but not functional. And like, there's no point. It's just, it's all for show. Like, why does Scorpion have jets? He's a, he's an undead demon. Like, why does he have jets? Who gave him the jets? Did he conjure those up? It's just silly. But they fight all the traditional bad guys in the show. They fight Scorpion, who is uh, actually in, in later, in later uh, games, Scorpion becomes a good guy. He actually becomes a defender of Earthrealm. Uh, but in this show, he's a bad guy. There's also the, um, like you said, the guys who are basically Baraka, the the ones that have the blades in their arms. There are Sector and Cyrax, who are the Cyber Ling Kuei, who are bad guys. There's Shang Tsung, obviously. There's uh, Goro and uh, Motaro and all of those guys. So Kintaro, I don't even know. So there there are bad guys that they that they fight that come through and are trying to take over earth realm because there is a, there is a villain that we should mention, uh, which is Quan Chi, Mm -hmm. who is a major villain in the sort of mortal Kombat mythos, but not in the first three games. No, he doesn't exist until I think mortal Kombat five or so. I don't remember when, but he gets introduced later, but this was actually his first introduction was in this Uh like little known animated show. It's in one of the episodes we didn't watch. It's like later. It's like episode like nine or 10 or something. But he's in he's in some of those later episodes, and he's a sorcerer. Yeah, so he becomes the major antagonist of the entire game series. Oh, yeah. Quan oh, Chi you does. mean in the, yeah in the game? Yeah, yeah in the games he is like the big bad villain. Yeah. And so eventually, I think in the last game it it became Shinnok, who Quan Chi like was trying to resurrect, but then also usurp. I don't know. He's from he's from the Nether Realm, which is also the reason he's. I think he's the reason that that uh, Scorpion got res- resurrected. He brought Scorpion back to life. Yeah, and he's also I think the reason that Scorpion's family got killed or his clan got killed. The Shoyo Ryu. But I know too you know, much about this stupid game. You do, and the thing is, is what that tells me is that the mythos here for this show is both uh, convoluted as. As all get out. It's like a comic book. Yes. But at the same time, it's also rich in storytelling. Yeah. So why did this show have such a bland... How could such a bland show be created from such a rich mythos? There was rich enough mythos... I'll tell you why. Even just from the first two games. I'll tell you why. And I was thinking about this. So so the basic plot of, of most of the episodes are that the... Earthrealm gets invaded by another realm. And over and over again. Over and over again. A portal opens up. The uh, The heroes have to go defeat the people that came through the portal and then throw them back through the portal and then shut the portal. We should mention, by the way, that the plot of these first 13 episodes, the only 13 episodes, is... How should I put this? Uh, they're connected. Yeah, so it's an overarching plot It's an line. overarching plot line. It's not episodic. Yeah. Which is weird for a show both in this size... And in this time period. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah, there would be like an overarching storyline that would happen, but there'd still be episodic things, you know. That Yeah, this could... was truly like leave on a cliffhanger, begin on resolving the cliffhanger. Yeah, so the, the reason that I think, and, you know, we can talk about our opinions about this show. I thought it was boring as hell. I thought yeah, was, I'm of the exact same mindset. I thought it was, I thought it was honestly kind of dumb. Um, but the reason that I think that it didn't work, and, and I've been a big fan of the Mortal Kombat series for a while now. The reason I think it didn't work is because the the core material 
for Mortal Kombat is adult oriented. It's right. it's hyper violent. It's it's rich in storytelling, but it is all it, the the thing is that it's hyper violent, and you can't divorce the violence from Mortal Kombat. The show is called the whole the whole series is called Mortal Kombat. That's people getting in a fight to the death. Well, and at the same time, all of the action in this is poorly animated. Mm-hmm. Like every scene is poorly animated. Actually, I wouldn't say poorly; it's lazily animated. Yeah, I'll say that because I don't have a problem with the character models. So the I way had a little th- bit of a problem with the character models when I was looking at some of the guys. The guys tend to not wear a shirt, or at least some of them do. And the guys that don't wear a shirt, it looked like they had two pectoral muscles. Two sets of pectoral muscles because they had their pecs drawn and then underneath they had their ribs, but their ribs were drawn in a way that it made it look like they had two pairs of pecs. Sometimes, but well, yeah, that that is a weird animation quirk, but I think the, the general concept, the sort of minimalist angular design actually sort of reminds me as a precursor to like Samurai Jack. Yeah, uh, a, little a, bit. a little bit. But and so I don't have a problem with them saying, okay, this is the way that we're going to make the world look. The problem that I had was they're like, oh, we're going to do this at 10 frames per second. And the animation is going to be choppy and boring and nothing's going to happen. Well, the, the animation is boring because the fights are boring. Yeah. Because, because whatever they did, they didn't have like a... They this is ha- Mortal Kombat. It's fighting and the fighting in this show sucks. Yeah. and like It I, sucks. Like I said, they didn't... I think I said earlier, they didn't use the special abilities, a lot of them, the special abilities of the uh, of the characters that were there. We just because... got finished watching Rambo that came out 10 years before this. And the action in a show that was 10 years older than this, and arguably a smaller budget, is better. Yeah, and it, like that's the thing is that the fights are not choreographed very well at all. They tend to do the same thing in every fight. They, you know, they throw a couple punches. They'll do a sweep of some kind, and then Sub Zero will freeze half of them. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else. Sonya will use her her like projectile attack, which is like some kind of ring laser that comes off of her wrist, and she does that thing where she'll uh, do a handstand and then choke them with her feet. Yeah, they absolutely they absolutely try to shoehorn in the moves, which, which is fine. Which I is fine. Good, good for them. But they make a show of it where it's like, oh, oh. They, he, she did the thing. She did the, you know, it's, ah, not, ah. it's not like, it's not like, it's not like something that makes sense in context. It's something that she just did to do. Like she does, like you said, she does the handstand takedown. Uh, Sub-Zero does the, uh, does his, his normal attack that his normal ice ball that he does all the time. She does the ring thing out of her arm. Sonya does. Jax will constantly do the uh, earthquake move on people. Where he just smashes the ground and does an earthquake. He constantly does that. I want to know why they didn't use... Well, I guess... No, I want to know why they didn't use Johnny Cage in this. Because actually Johnny Cage ends up becoming, in in the later uh, Mortal Kombat games, he ends up becoming the main character. I think he dies, doesn't he? He dies in the beginning of the second movie. No, but in the games. Because he's not in Mortal Kombat 3. No, he is. is He's in Mortal Kombat 3. He's in Mortal Kombat 2. He's in Mortal Kombat 3. Sonya isn't in Mortal Kombat 3, I don't think. Because I think she's one of the people that's tied up. Well, or maybe, no, she's well, not in Mortal Kombat 2. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember either. But, but you know, the thing is, is it, Johnny Cage is also kind of boring. 
He's, well, he well, gets he gets uh, way. Better. I was gonna say in the early games and in the early sort of media, he's boring. But in the latest game, he's hilarious. He gets actually. way better. Like he actually becomes when they change the uh, when they change the antagonist from like Shang Soon and to uh, Quan Chi. No, when they change it even from Quan Chi to Shinnok. Shinnok, it turns out uh, that that Johnny Cage's green energy is the only thing that can like defeat. Or it, it, it's very powerful in like defeating uh, Shinnok, okay. who is an elder or former elder god, and like his ability is one that like Shinnok wants to get rid of because it's like a threat to his power or something. Okay, so he actually becomes a pretty central character in the uh, in the games, huh? In the okay. in the later games, that's but cool. You're right. He does he does get hilarious. He ends up like training a lot of the new. The new uh, his people. character reminds me a bit of Dare, of uh, Deadpool. He, yeah, he he, yeah. he he cracks a lot of jokes, but he was. I feel like he could have been. He could have replaced any of the characters besides. I mean, he could have replaced Striker. Striker for sure. He would have been a much better character than Striker. You could have just kept Ron Perlman voicing him. I didn't. It doesn't matter. You don't need Striker. Yeah, but back to back to the point is that the core concept of this game series is violence death fatalities in in mass quantities in mass quantities like that is the that is the main appeal of the game is the fatalities the ability yeah. to kill your opponent that's i want to say that that's what caused the er esrb to well to remember all that stuff remember like the i think it was the senate committee uh with yeah. joe lieberman and he was back in the 90s and this game was, it was mortal kombat one the first mortal kombat this, that, along with some other games but but they were like specifically signaling uh they, they were they were saying that mortal kombat was hyper violent and hyper realistic which now when you go back and watch it, it's like laughable well at the you know, time it was pretty realistic right but i mean in general it's not but mm -hmm. when you go back and you look at it and they say oh yeah this is hyper violent and it's making kids want to kill their dog and all it's like really it's that same old thing of like blaming media for yeah. things that are more they're more societally complex. Yes. Like, you know, a kid setting his cat on fire, you can't blame Beavis and Butthead for that. No. One, because that, that technically never happened as an urban myth, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and two, because you can't blame a cartoon for what amounts to crappy parenting. <laughs> Don't blame the TV for your bad parenting. Unless you're using the TV to be a parent, which is kind of the problem, right? Yeah. But, I mean, it's a bigger problem now than it used to be, but... But the, the, the thing is about this, the like... The violence makes sense in the context of the world that they created. Right. And the, it's not meant for children. It is not meant for children. No. None of the games have ever been meant for children. And that I mean that was sort of the that was sort of the whole uh the whole theme of these of these last couple it's of episodes. It's sort of the controversy when you think about it too in that when the game came out in 92, right? Yeah. We were 9 9 we were nine years old. I remember being nine or ten years old in playing Mortal Kombat and doing fatalities and knocking people off the bridge onto the spikes and, you know, ripping skulls and spines out and all of this stuff. And, like, I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And, like, it's not, uh, it's not appropriate. Yeah. When I think about it now. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely not. And and the, the idea that they, I mean, that's probably what part of the reason why this show failed is... Like, who is this for? Really, really, if you're going to make a Mortal Kombat animated show, it needs to have the violence. It needs to have 
the fatalities. It, it should have, have been on HBO. Movie. Yeah, and it should or Showtime, and it should be directed at like older teenagers to adults. It essentially it should be anime. It should be like an anime, like Ninja Scroll, directed at older kids mm-hmm. and adults. Something that younger kids sneak off and watch when their parents are looking. But yes, because yeah, because if you have this world of Mortal Kombat, but you don't have like the stakes of of it being like actual mortal combat then what like what's the point like when you're watching the episodes none of the characters ever really feel like they're in any real danger they even when they're even when they're like hunkered down and they're being assaulted by like the cyber ninjas and they're being shot at and they're they're hiding behind something they're still all like pretty cheery they're like oh well this sucks <laughs> how are we going to get out of this one it's just frustrating because i feel like it's a waste of an ip mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, you know, you can go on YouTube and essentially watch the story modes of all the most recent Mortal Kombat games. And just watch the and you get, video. Yeah, and you get, a good, you get a good entertaining show out of that because it tells you the whole story of Mortal Kombat. And Mortal Kombat, for what it's worth, Mortal Kombat is very rich in lore and it's very rich in, like, world building because there are, yeah. there are all kinds of different... I think there's, like, six or seven different worlds that different people come from you know like there's earth realm and the well, nether and they realm. tried to do that with that animated thing that thing abomination that i showed you yeah uh well it was called mortal Kombat: the journey begins uh it's like a turner released movie it's like half cg half animated and 100 percent garbage and 120 percent garbage and it got released before the movie came out as a sort of like like a like a primer Mm -hmm. for it to try and get people excited for it and even that gave more backstory into shang sung and where he comes from and goro and his brother and his dad and the tournament and all of this stuff like you know they give more in that 40 minute shit fest Mm -hmm. than we get in 13 episodes of this and and i think I think it's it's just frustrating for such a iconic IP to be wasted like this. It's yeah. almost angering, to be honest. Yeah, and, and because and, and this show isn't the worst thing we've seen. Like, no, let's be fair, Street Sharks is way worse. It's just bland. It's bland yeah, and boring. Like yeah. I was watching it, but I was just sort of like, eh. you know, it's one of those things where you're watching it, and then halfway through, not even halfway through the episode, you're like looking at your phone doing other stuff yes. because it was just yes. boring. I watched the first episode and halfway through it, I was, I was laying in bed watching it on my phone and halfway through it. So I got what less than 10 minutes through the episode. Yeah, These only 20 minute episodes. And I had fallen asleep and my wife came in and I was full on asleep face down in the bed with holding my phone and the, the light was still on, on my screen with the video going. And so she comes in and she wakes me up and she tells me, that I should go to bed. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, what are you watching? It was like, it was not good. So it doesn't matter. And that was my, so then I had to go back and rewatch it. Cause I couldn't remember anything. Yeah. And it's it just was... like, it's forgettable. And like, it is, it's frustrating. I'm just, you know what? I'm just more frustrated than anything else. Yeah. Frustration is my and, and default <laughs> emotion for this. Episode. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is why we're frustrated. I think is because we're familiar with what the series has become at the time. There wasn't a whole lot of world building that had been done. Except for what was in the games. Except for Which what was, was still more than we got in this damn show. Yeah, but in the games, 
at the time that those games came out, that was like the infancy of the internet. That was, you know, the early to mid nineties. Yeah. So the infancy of the internet, you're not going to have like sites to sort of, to sort of like catalog all the lore and whatever that's going on in right. the games. You just have, you just have what happens based on like what you can just sort of pull from the games, which really isn't a lot. Cause it's just a fighting game and you get yeah. like some, you get like some like, uh, you know, info scrolls at the, at the beginnings of the game and at the For end each character the and then the ones at the end. But then you don't know like what the actual what the actual canon lore is because depends on which character wins and what character is good or yeah. bad. So it like at the time when this show came out, I could see it being far less offensive just in terms of like it being boring because there wasn't that much like established story and lore and whatever and it, it did it might not have seemed as boring because it was more than what you had been this getting show absolutely deserves to be done today done right done right yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be an anime i mean it could be western animation too yeah but i think it absolutely deserves to be done and done right and something so what i was thinking is there is the new castlevania series that has mm-hmm. been on netflix a First season came out last year. Second season came out this this year. I don't know if you've got to watch all of it yet. I haven't seen the second season. I okay. saw the first season. So I watched. So the first season was like four episodes, and I yeah. I sat and watched the entire second season in one binge sitting, uh-huh. and it's awesome and it's so good. And this could have been that, you know? Yeah. Make it hyper violent. Sure, it's not for kids, anyways. Yeah, it's not. You it's know? never been for kids. Do your extensive world building. It's interesting. Right? Yeah. And and maybe for the teenagers who are kind of on the cusp, who, you know, maybe they're mature enough for that content, then cool. You know, then they can explore that. But man, yeah, it's just it's frustratingly boring. It's not good. It's not terrible. It's just blah. Yeah. It's just blah. You know, it, it's like a... like Sometimes a, that's the most offensive thing because when yeah. something is good, it's good. When something is bad, it has the potential to be like bad good because it's funny or it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you can laugh like, at it. Like food fight. Exactly. But when yeah. something is just mediocre, it's almost the most offensive one because what are you going to do with it? You're just going to be bored watching it. It's not going right. to be entertaining. It's not going to be so terrible that you can make fun of it. It's just going to be there and wasting your time. Yeah. Which sort of, you know, it's the difference between um, Street Sharks is so bad that it's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, it is also frustratingly too, uh, frustrating too, but it's so bad it's hilarious. But then I think back to like Jason the Wheel Warriors was awful, but it was also just boring yeah. too. So it's, it's... Boring is the worst sin when it comes to entertainment. Yeah, because your whole point is to entertain. If I'm bored when you're supposed to be entertaining me, then you have failed miserably. Entertain me because it's awful via, you know, The Room. Yeah. Right? Or Samurai Cop. Or Samurai Cop, yeah. So you take something that was intended to be good that turned out to be awful and it's entertaining by accident, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they meant it to be entertaining, but not the way that it ended up being. I got no problems with that. That's That's like my favorite type of entertainment. But... Like this, man, ah, I don't know. It sucks. It sucks. That's it. it. And it's a shame, too, because like we said, there's so much potential for this to be good. It would be really nice if they did redo it. And I was actually just looking up the uh, Mortal Kombat film series, and I saw one that maybe is scheduled for 2020. Um, A uh, a sequel, maybe, uh, done by James Wan. And uh, written by Greg Russo. Well, there was that YouTube miniseries, remember? Yeah, I do remember that. That was really well done. 
and and it was actually centered around Jax, remember? Mm-hmm. And and that was that was actually really well done. That was I don't know like two thousand nine or something. Yeah, if something they, like that. If they followed the if they followed the story of the most recent games, I think that would be a good place to start. They don't have to reboot the whole series. They can just continue on and be like, "This is Mortal Kombat now, and we have all these characters." And because it's too much, there's been there's been like twelve too games. much, too much. There's been like twelve games. They basically have to instead of instead of rebooting it and starting it all over with a with a twenty something year old property. Well, what they could do is they could do a couple episodes, the first couple episodes as flashbacks mm-hmm. to show like the origin of Mortal Kombat, or just throw those flashbacks in like during the show. Well, well, you would start. So I was thinking, start in the Mortal Kombat three time period mm-hmm. when things start to merge and things get really start to get really interesting so start there and then they could while introducing that world flash back to the first two seasons the first right? two mortal the Kombat's. first two mortal combats and then continue on and then you could cover i don't know one game per season that would give them a ton of room to just continue yeah. it's free the writing's already done for them it's it's already there yeah you know like they don't even have to decide who wins that's already decided for them too you know so yeah. i exactly. yeah I, it'd, be, I, it'd be worth it to redo because yeah. i mean the story's there the problem with this show was that the animation i thought was pretty awful i thought the voice acting for the most part uh for the most part, was not great, which sucks because you have a bunch of people who should they know what they normally doing. do a great job. Yeah, Chris Summers is a fantastic voice actress. Yeah, maybe they Clancy were just, Brown is a fantastic voice actress. Maybe they were just uninspired with this because it really came off as like really bland and just I I don't even know how else to describe it. But uh, they could redo it. And sometimes if, people just need to get paid. Yeah, sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta make rent that month. But uh, that'll probably do it for this episode. Yes. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of a holiday thing mm -hmm. coming up uh, for December. And then in the new year, we're going to start doing some, I guess, remastery type things. Remastered, remastered. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get there when, when we get to the new year, we'll, we'll talk about it more, but it's a, we're going to do some remastered, remastered. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, so if, yeah. You, if you like this episode, if you want to talk about how you loved this show, how you loved Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm, and you can't see why we were so upset with it, then why don't you uh, come on to our website, childhoodremaster.com, find our social networks there, uh, and, yeah. and social media there, and let us know. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We try to engage you guys whenever possible. I know Sean and I have had a lot going on, so you know sometimes it might take a couple hours to, for us to get back to you, but yeah, we generally do our best. So if you've got comments, concerns, complaints, recommendations on on anything, you know, send them our way. We'll try and uh, we'll try and work through it. Mm-hmm. And if there's other shows you think might be a good match for us to maybe collab and, and have a good time with, we're always open to that too. Yep. And we want to thank John Howarth for our music. The song is nascent, and you can find links to all of his work on our website. And uh, we're part of the ACPN network at ACPN uh, ACPnet.net mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of nostalgia type shows and entertainment related shows and uh you know nerd culture related stuff there as well mm-hmm. and i think that will do it this week so yeah so uh until next time this is Sean and Chris and this has been your childhood remastered we will see you next time Mortal Kombat why do you say like an old man Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat what <laughs>